need you to hold on. We interrupt your regular broadcast to bring you this important news bulletin. River Radio has arrived. Beautiful. Tell your friends. But don't forget to wear your mask. That's right. <laughs> now to continue with the tape recording. Good morning. This is The Big Question with Rani Singh. Hello, everybody on River Radio. I've got here with me in the studio Ajay Patel, marathon man. Good morning, Ajay. It's a pleasure to have you here. You haven't had to. You've uh, you you live further along the river, don't you? I do. Yes. So thanks for driving across to be with us today. Now um, we are going to be also in the studio producing me and maybe jumping in is the MD of River Radio, Sam Setti. Welcome, Sam. That's he. He's uh, he's busy producing now. Ajay Patel. I've known Ajay for over 10 years, I think, um, because I've, I've uh, been training with you on occasion. I used to attend your classes, body pump, in the gym. You are 40 years old, and I call you the marathon man, Ajay, because you've completed 21 marathons in 10 years. That's correct. Six triathlons, four duathlons, and countless, countless half marathons. Now, you've also chosen... The music today, Ajay. Why have you chosen this first song? Um, the first one is, um, it's just really upbeat uh, and, and really one of those fun fun songs um, that when I'm trying to switch off on things, um, I just am I'm great at, at switching off and listening to fun, happy songs.
Whitney Houston's Somebody to Love. Ajay, why did you choose that song? Um, the song is so upbeat. Um, and when I used to listen to the, the track, it just made me want to get up out of my seat and, and have a bit of fun. Um, because my day job being um, head of IT and investment has been that um, I'm so focused in my a day job and, and, and as you've introduced me so kindly as 21 marathons, um, I'm so focused at my physical activity. Um, and as a result, sometimes you just need to switch off and my switching off and go to it are, are, are fun tracks uh, that kind of just allow me to relax. Ajay, we're going to be talking fun, training, lots of stuff, but I just want to give River Radio listeners a heads up. There may be some triggers because we'll be talking about sensitive issues around food and personal relationships so going into uh, into your childhood uh where were you where were you born i was born in wolverhampton um and i when i was one my parents um we, we moved to bradford uh, my parents had a corner shop, um, very typical Asian um, thing to do back in the day uh, and probably maybe not more, not so much um, today. Um, and, and, and then we, I had about 30, I want to say 38 fruitful years in, uh, in Bradford. Now you, you've got sisters, haven't you? You're I do, I have two. And um, did you go to state school or where did you go? I did. Uh, my father sent me to state school because his upbringing was very much um, in Kenya uh, and then subsequently to, in, to India. And um, unfortunately, my dad lost his father when he was very young. Um, so my dad did a lot of um, kind of labour work um, in the farms and, and his uh, mentality was very much a, I want to provide for my kids and I want to make sure that when, when the time comes, uh, my son can um, repay me and take my mum and my dad um, with, with me uh, wherever I go so I can look after them really. So it was, it was very much that type of mentality uh, then. So when did you go to private school? Um, when I was um, 11. Okay. 11 years old, yeah. Okay. And what kind of people were around you when you were growing up? What were the other kids like, the other families like? Yeah, very... Um, uh, the area that we lived in necessarily didn't have the, the greatest um, kind of um, schools in the area. And so my dad sent me out of uh, kind of Bradford and, and into kind of Pudsey. Uh, a little bit more affluent um, and and as a result, I was kind of the only Asian boy in 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 my class, really. Um, and it was it was quite nice because it opened up me to a different way uh, and, and different friends uh, and different ways of living, really, uh, which I, up until then I didn't really have. So the families around you were fairly affluent, yes, all white, yes, and um, your parents were working hard, yes. Now, did you feel loved and supported, Ajay? Or- very yeah. much so. Very, yeah, very much so. S- supported so much that I hated going swimming. And my dad would um, say to me, no, you've got to go swimming. You've got to go swimming. And, and he would push me to go swimming. And, and, and I think we're going we're gonna to touch upon kind of my size and, and, and where I've come to be today. Um, I used to be a, a large, large chubby boy I guess um and I used to I can vividly remember I used to sit in the in the toilets at the swimming pool um until it was time to do uh, my swimming lessons because 
a class was finishing and I was start and we were starting the class and because you'd have to stand by the side of the pool I I was so conscious about my body that I didn't want to do that so I used to sit in the toilets oh. until the time came when it was my time to do the class because it, it was just it was a, and I and because my dad was doing it for the right reasons to, to so when I went on fabulous holidays as I get older, um, I could swim in the sea or wherever I was. Um, he wanted the best for me and his best was to push me. So, um, but yeah, it was, uh, it was great. And they were really supportive in, in everything that I did. So supportive that you're going to tell me how you got so chubby. Yeah. <laughs> Something to do with your mum's cooking. Oh God, very much so. Um, she, I used to come home from school and you can bet your bottom dollar that he um that she would like have all my dinner ready for me uh, and because my parents owned a shop like like I mentioned um she would have dinner ready at like four or four thirty when I came home um like a full-blown dinner and then we shut the shop at nine o'clock and we'd have another full-blown dinner and I'd go to bed so it's not rocket science that I was putting on weight um so much like so much hi jared hi everyone it's sam here hello how are you um yeah no i I love that story that all the bits of it so far i mean many asian children can relate to that i mean i was the only asian kid at a private school um there's a reason why asians don't swim have you ever seen this in the olympics no there is a reason that we are not naturally born to it for some reason um and also do you know asians are great at monopoly (laughs) <laughs> we are because we we buy the corners and work in and and that's we are brilliant never play an asian at monopoly it involves money and corners that is the game for asians that's it and the last thing you're going to say of course indian mothers are feeders oh it's so much so so much so even and, and as a result I, I, i've done the same so i'm any friends and family that come to, to, to kind of our place when we host, it's just like, are you? do you want a bit more? No, we'll have some. Yeah, because that eat is better, the, eat, eat, eat. That's it. <laughs> it, it, was, it, was, it. It is like that, and it's kind of been bred now. That, and people would say, I'm a feeder, but yeah. I'm not. I'm so, certainly not. <laughs> I'm the same. I mean, I was so ingrained with it that I, when I used to host, in the days when I used to host at my house, if somebody came to that to my house and had something, I'd say, do you want any more? They'd say yes, and I'd put more mu- food on the plate, exactly like my mum used to do. Yes. So, um, yeah, we've got a tendency to put on weight. And then, you know, it's uh, it was the end of Pride Month this week, so um, we are going to sort of touch on that a little bit. But um, I wonder when you found out that you, you were gay, you are gay. Um, uh, it's probably when I was growing up, when I was around 16, um, that it started to dawn upon me, but I didn't really take anything, um, I didn't really forward think anything of it other than it's not really the right thing to be thinking that, um, that I, that I was attracted to the same sex. Um, uh, uh, because the, and the reason why it wasn't, correct or right for me and my personal circumstances because because my parents supported me so much they expected me then to support them with having grandkids with being married to a lady um and as a result living this um lifestyle that they were that they knew nothing different from which is you you your parents provide for you, you then provide for your parents, and as a result, you then live a life of 
normality, which is what they um, that they thought it was, and and so it was a, it was a challenge to say the least, and and that challenge was um, extremely um, kind of sad in some respects, and, and really emotional at times for, for me personally. Yeah, I mean, sorry, uh, no, uh, my godson, uh, who's now twenty four, Tom has come out as gay. He struggled desperately. In his, he's a beautiful, blonde, blue-eyed, half-German child. I mean, super tall. Uh, he was overweight as a kid. Uh, he got um, quite a lot of uh, bullying at school because of it. Um, he wasn't naturally sporty. He, he then took to football and the weight started to come off. He then suddenly got comfortable with his own skin and started to lose some weight. But he hadn't come out. And... and we, me and my wife, plus his parents, plus all the friends around, your natural assumptions, oh, you, you know, when's the girlfriend coming over? When, she, you know, you're going to bring one round, you know, and, and then it's like, oh, you look in a picture, and go, oh, he's right next to a girl, that must be his girlfriend, you know, because you're looking on Facebook at what they're doing. But at school, he could never have come out. Yeah. There was no way that the kids would have been emotionally intelligent enough to understand or accept it just would have been a nightmare so i think he had to hide it i think he knew he had to hide it did you know you were hiding it yes very much so and and some of the the comments that you just made do resonate with me in terms of um that that i had a lot of girlfriends at, at, at university at school and as a result it was always the case of um, oh, that must be your friend, or that must be your girlfriend, mm-hmm. or um, who, who? Where are you going this evening, or whatever it was? And, and it, it was exactly how you mentioned it. Exactly how you mentioned so, it. So, so for Tom, he, he found a partner mm. that he didn't tell his parents about for a number of years, and the reason was he didn't feel comfortable. But also. Yeah. In hindsight, because we have had a long talk now, now it's out in the open, it's wonderful to be able to talk to him. And and we would say things like, so why didn't you say it earlier? Well, because I was worried that my mother's heart would be broken, right? Because her expectation... Um, yeah, my, uh, and that was one thing. Um, and then the other part of it was that he didn't feel strong enough in himself... Yeah, and that very much like myself, that I wasn't very um, strong because I didn't have, I, I guess I had the support in a very um, kind of a, a, a heterosexual way uh, in, a, in everything other than something which was a taboo for, for my, my parents and yeah. that whole generation. Um, and that lack of support then led me on to kind of the issues that I then subsequently had. Um, yeah, being Asian though, I mean, I'm, I'm very curious because obviously having grown up in the Asian community, I know that actually, sadly, the Asian community is not a very supportive community to the gay community. Yeah. Um, it isn't and, and we need as a community culture to change. Um, but that is, that's a slow moving, moving wheel. Um, but with Tom, when he finally could come out and be himself, he's now blossomed into this wonderful young man. He's now... He's now very confident. He doesn't have to hide it. Um, yes, there are moments when he still has to, you know, there's still a stigma, I, I think, in this country. I, I, I don't know, Ajay, maybe you could tell me, would you feel comfortable with your partner walking hand in hand down the road? Um, I think there's two points there um, that you've made. I think there's, there's 
uh, being comfortable being in a um, a mixed coloured um, way. Yeah. Um, because your partner's English, white, that's right. Right, English. right. Yeah. Uh, and I feel extremely comfortable in that respect. And then there's the other side, which is, do you feel comfortable holding hands in mm-hmm. public and showing public displays of PDAs, basically yeah. public displays of affection? Um, and, and with that. Um, I've never really been that type of person, so. Um, but I would have no problems, and I, 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 I have no kind of. Nobody comes up to me and says says anything to me when when they see both of us. Can I point out, Ajay's quite big. No one's going to come up to him and say much. So I don't mean fat. I mean, he's muscular now. And my other other partner, my other half. Sorry, are you announcing something on air here? Yeah, he's announcing a new one. This is it. Um, And my partner is six foot seven. So it it goes hand in hand that nobody would approach. Or you don't go hand in hand, but yes. (laughs) Now, um, talking about physique and all that, you were uncomfortable, just to go back into the story, if that's okay, Savanaji. You were a bit uncomfortable, weren't you, in your in your skin in your in your physical side and that led to you know even when you lay down in bed and stuff and yeah. when you went to tell me a story about river island um i was just uh, i think i got to the point whereby everything was uh, it was just getting on top of me i'd, I'd finished school i was going to university uh, and at university you have fresh as wheat you have everyone's going out everyone's enjoying life they're wearing the latest uh, i don't know outfits and from top man or river island wherever you could afford as a student with your student card and um i popped into river island so you went to university in lincoln and i i I tried on an extra large top and it just didn't fit and i looked in the mirror and i thought to myself what are you going to do because being at university and any any listeners who go to who have been to university know university life is about studying but a huge part of it is about going out and having fun and finding yourself and for me um dressing up and going out and having that fun was a huge thing that I wasn't potentially going to be able to do because no clothes would fit me and it was that moment that I thought to myself something has got to change and that something then led me on to being I guess the marathon man that I am today. But you, but, 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 but you also told me that you, you had something horrible happen along the way. You were listening to the radio and that triggered something in your head. Yes, so my because my parents owned a shop, um, we, we used to have uh, radio on in the background and as a result, what happened was that the, I think at the time it was Radio 2, it was just, no, Radio 1, it was Sarah Cox on the, on the radio and she did mention that there was a, a large um, increase in, in men who had uh, bulimia and and trying to lose weight myself I was trying to think how could I lose that weight and that weight then subsequently meant that um, unfortunately I then started to be bulimic uh, which wasn't which was then the dark period of my life unfortunately however you had acknowledged that you were gay you 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 were st- you were coming out at least to yourself so it was a kind of this is me moment. So um, can you explain? I mean, that was a bit of a cheat, but uh, let's let's uh, before we listen to the next song, tell me why. Yeah, um, this song really. Um, so this one is very much. This is me. It's such an empowering, fantastic, uplifting song um, in more ways than one for me, especially with being the person I am, what I've achieved, and and. and You've got to like me, and if you don't like me, you can you can go left and I'll go right, and I'm more than happy with that because this is who I am, and and this, this is this is um, 
this is part of me and come on the journey with me, really. I am not a stranger to the dark. Hide away, they say, because we don't want your broken parts. I've learned to be ashamed of all my scars. Run away, they say, no one will love you as you are. But I won't let them break me down to dust. I know that there's a place for us, for we are glorious. When the sharpest words want to cut me down, the sin of blood gonna drown them out. I am brave, I am bruised, I am who I'm meant to be. This is me. Look out, cause here I come.
Hi everyone, you're talking to, you're listening to Rani Singh and my guest Ajay Patel, Marathon Man, here on River Radio's The Big Question. And uh, we have been talking about Ajay's upbringing, it's the end of Pride Month this week, and uh, we've been talking about how he, how he, um, uh, he was fed quite a lot as a child and uh, had just realised that he was gay and he's at university in Lincoln and he's uh, decided that he needs to do something about it and you played you you chose for us this is me because that that was like a aha moment for you wasn't it yeah very much an, an, an epic track really yeah um is, and if you listen to the words i think it's really um you you can hear it's just a such an empowering song if i'm honest uh, and something which is a huge huge anthem for me have you actually seen the video? I have. Yeah. Uh, it's, I don't mean the film, the video of them rehearsing yes. it. Yes. And, and that in itself is, and it's that, and, and if, if any of the listeners have seen it, it that, that was the, and everyone says that was the song yeah. that then changed everything. Yeah. Uh, and I believe, um, and I I'm maybe mistaken, but it's coming to the West End. If it is, I'm buying tickets yeah, straight away. I, I mean, that will is. sell out you know? like hotcakes. Yeah. But, but that moment, if you, the the actress from it, I, can't, I wish I could remember. Kyla. It could be. She was she's a New Zealand lady, big yeah. lady, and she hadn't got any breaks anywhere. And, and and they picked her up, brought her in, and she was so shy. If you watch that video at the beginning, she's very nervous, and then she raises it, and raises it, and raises it. And at the end, the whole cast are singing with her, and she's crying, yeah. and it's just a actually that gives me goosebumps. That whole moment gives me goosebumps. I do really enjoy that that video and that song. It also moves me, Ajay. Now, we went to your training and how you'd had this kind of epiphany and you felt you really needed to change your shape, which was some realisation at, at that sort of 19, 20 age. age. And so tell me about changing your goal, um, getting a goal. Uh, getting a goal was um, probably initially training for a, a marathon. So uh, being so large um, and being large, I was around 22 stones uh, and around 46 waist. And, and people often used to, to um, t- take um, the Michael out of me in terms of saying, oh, you're wearing your, par- your, your dad's clothes because my dad was a, a, a big man. Um, because I was so large, I couldn't train very well at all. And to that extent, um, it meant that I was able to um, just walk and swim as opposed to anything else um, because I was so large. Wow. Um, and, I, and I thought to myself, I, I'd like to train for a marathon. So instead of doing something really lighthearted, such as a 5K or a 10K or a half marathon, I thought, Do you know what, I'm going to train for a marathon. Uh, and How long's a marathon, Najee? At 26.2 um, miles. So it was just, it was, it was 26.3, sorry. Um, it was, a, it was an, an epic journey uh, and something that I, I, I'll never forget. And I think that that combined with, I think, just before the, the, the track that we heard, um, with me being bulimic, um, was a, an unfortunate recipe for disaster really as i want to say i i trained really hard i lost all the weight um were you doing it on your own yeah 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 so you were self-taught yeah wow yeah i i i'd read as much as i could um on the on the internet because that was the kind of the only the at the 
the only way that I could th- I think of, I didn't really, I didn't have a trainer. I just thought I'm going to run, and 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 as I was and run, I did. Um, and I trained. I lost all the weight, and I, I physically, you see people um, like marathon runners, and they're very lean. Um, and I, I wanted to be that person, so I, I I did everything possible to be that person. And unfortunately, the wrong way. Um, uh, I, I was bulimic uh, as well at the time. Um, I was training really hard, uh, and, and then when I was in the gym, um, it was it, I was training for a marathon. I think it was it must have been raining or something outside, but I still needed to train. And I tr- I was running, and, and at one point, I nearly fainted and fell off the 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 treadmill. And it was again a moment where I just thought to myself, "This is not right. What you're doing here, which is training extremely mentally and physically hard." as well as not looking after yourself. And, and, and I had to have a reset moment at that point. Um, but by now, the marathon was kind of fast approaching. I'd lost a lot of weight. Um, and I thought that it was going to be my year, my first marathon. Everyone knew about it. If you know me, um, everyone, everyone just knows about it. And, and I was yeah, going to break four open. hours. You know, you, you'd set a goal of what? Breaking four hours. Which one was it? London Marathon. Oh, um, yeah. So it was a. It was something where I trained really, really hard for. Um, so hard in terms of, I think I just moved. I moved to London and I was going out, enjoying friends, family, uh, partying, and I don't know if, if if you've ever trained for a marathon, but it, nope. you have to almost put your life on hold while you do a. a me being the size that I was and never done a marathon, it took me around six months to do that. Um, so I put my life on hold and, and yeah, I, I, I ran. The first time, the only time I've gone far is a half marathon and, and I did. I mean, I trained, it was a London Diet Coke run or whatever <laughs> it was called in those days. Fluella Benjamin ran it as well. It was sort of TV people we were asked to, um, which I then was, I, I, you know, and I, I trained for a few weeks when I was pretty dead at the end of half, half a marathon. So did you do it in four, four hours? No, unfortunately I didn't. Uh, and what I have engraved with me um, that I've brought into the studio is my bracelet, um, which oh, is, I'm going to pass it over to you, um, yes. that is my first marathon number, uh, which was 37677. Um, and... Uh, and it has the time on there as well, which was at four hours and at 26 minutes, 21 seconds, um, which was, I was so upset with Rani. Like, I was really, really upset. Like, if you saw me at the finishing line, I was in tears. Not tears of happiness, but tears of sadness. So not that you'd finished the no. mar- your very first marathon, that it was a, one of the mo- most... Famous marathons in the world. It wasn't that you'd you'd trained and you'd finished. It was that you, that you went about half an hour over your goal. Is yeah, that right? Yeah. Wow. And, and it, I, I was just really, really upset because I I felt as though I'd done everything right, even though I was kind of not physically or mentally well. Let's say I still trained and I, and I did everything that I felt as though I could. I, I'd lost loads of weight, and I, and to finish it in a time that I was just wasn't expecting it was it it really did cut me up and it took me a good couple of weeks to get over that because because putting your life on hold for almost six months and then not achieving what you wanted to achieve is a is a is a is a is a a big thing and and it took me a couple of weeks you're really hard on yourself Fiji this (laughs) 
bracelet that you bought for yourself recently is really gorgeous for the listeners. It's thin silver. Um, it's uh, open so that you can slip it on quite easily. And it's, it's really delicate and nice. And I can see the engraving here. So thanks for bringing it into the studio along with your medals you'll tell us about later on. And then, um, so clearly you got over that upset. And then you, but then you set yourself another goal, Ajay yeah. Patel. I, I think well, when, actually, uh, how many marathons did you do before you set yourself the big goal? So I did five. Yeah. So I think that I think what hap- what happened to me was that I did the first one. I did four twenty one, and and any runners that are listening, and as you probably know, if you've done another marathon, that that second only half <laughs> half. Sorry, yeah. Um, only uh, that that time doesn't just come off like that it, it it doesn't it takes minutes it minutes or seconds take months of training um to do so i think that um and it's that realization after the first one that it's not as simple as what you thought it was going to be aj so i did five i chased five i got nowhere um in terms of then my sorry my times were going down so i i got to after doing five i got to four eleven um, which was, so I was getting closer. So for me, it was it was it was still great and an achievement, but not what I wanted, not so at all. How many how many did you set yourself a goal of achieving? So after five, I decided to, I wanted to do ten, and after ten, I decided I wanted to do twenty. And there we were. But you were still uncomfortable, Ajay. You said, Yeah, I was. Um, I think I was still trying to find myself. Um, uh, and through running, it enabled me to find myself because I think. Um, and did that, you get any help? Though you took some help. Yeah. So so during that during the the period um, after doing five marathons because I was chasing the goal, the chasing the goal of of, of breaking four hours. Uh, again, I, I took a moment, and I and I stopped and I and I thought that by now I'd moved to London. Um, I'd put the episode of, of bulimia behind me, um, and and uh, I, and that was again self. I was like, this is not the right thing to be doing. You're training really hard, and you, you need to look after yourself. So I put that behind me, and then I moved to London, um, and it started. It was just about to start again, and and at that point, I was now mid to late twenties. So you caught yourself. Yes. And where did you go and seek help? Uh, so I went to the GP uh, and I thought to myself that I, I, this time I really do need to get help. Um, and, I, and as a result, I, I went to the GP. They referred me to a counsellor. And then through counselling, which I had for uh, roughly about three to six months, um, it, it, it dawned upon me um, that I was a a gay young man um and and I, and I was almost chasing um the next goal I was being bulimic um because of uh, of kind of the, the being gay really so you decided you needed to tell your parents did you I did yeah. um so it, and and just like um like you mentioned earlier it was very much a living a, a two li- two lives really um like where are you going out or oh, i'm just going to go to a bar with some girls or whatever and it and it just it it felt as though it wasn't the right thing to do and I, and as the age and as i was getting older i just thought my cousin my cousins who were very westernized were very much like you or I, uh, and as a result, I thought it's time to do something about it and tell my parents. So before we, before we go to how what happened when you told your parents, um, you've got a track for me. What what, what does this signify? Um, 
it, it's pretty much a, again another epic track for me um everyone has a feeling um that feeling um sometimes burns really strong sometimes it doesn't burn very strong um but you've got to do something about it when you hear it and I, and i think that 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 combined with the the direction of travel that i was going um something needs to be done so what's who are we going to listen to black eyed peas i've got a feeling excellent Shut it down. Shut it down. Let's burn the roof. Yeah. 
Let's do it, let's do it, let's do it, let's do it, and do it, and do it, let's live it up and do it, and do it, and do it, do it, do it, let's do it, let's do it, let's do it, do it, do it, do it. Here we come, here we go, we gotta rock, easy come, easy go, now we on top, feel the shot, body rock, rockin' don't stop. Black-eyed peas with I Got a Feeling. Now, Ajay, we come to what I think is the most dramatic part of your life. So um, we got as far as you wanting to tell your parents you'd been with a GP, the GP had given you a counsellor. Here we are on the big question, talking about um, about Ajay Patel, my guest in the studio, and you're, going to, you're, you're just about decided to go home to um, Bradford and tell your parents... The That's big right. news. Yeah. So what happened when you planned for the first time? The first time I just made an excuse and unfortunately I just couldn't go ahead with it. And um, my counsellor and I talked about kind of the, the how I was going to do it. And we walked through every single second, every single moment. And um, it, I think that, that was a realisation for me um, that, I, that I, I just couldn't do it. And I made an excuse. I went back the following week because we were going to then discuss... Me, me telling my parents. Um, did your Did your parents know why you were coming, or they thought no. Ajay's just coming home for the weekend? That's right, coming okay. home for the weekend, like I would normally. You didn't say I've got something to tell you. No, okay, no, no, no. So um, then we reset uh, with the counsellor. I then went back two weeks later, um, and and one of the things, really important things, that my counsellor told me to do was that because my parents owned a shop and they lived above the shop. It was a case of make sure you're not um, running from the shop to, to to the living area while you're serving customers because you need to give what you're about to say the moment. You need to give them the space and the time. Um, so we shut the shop at nine o'clock. Um, my mum was sat opposite me, my dad to the left. and um, Was this at the dinner table? Yeah, okay. it was at the dinner table. And um, I, I, I just had to say that I, I'm gay and... Um, the were you speaking in English? It broken, so it was uh, Gujarati as well as English. Uh, and the the scenario we went through with the counsellor was very much a mum will be okay, my dad potentially not because you were closer to your mum. That's right, uh, and it was unfortunately the other way. So my mum left the dinner table, um, and I was never to see her that evening because she was just really upset. And my dad um, then asked me a number of questions um, as we were kind of processing it and, and that processing uh, enabled um, my dad to slowly start to take on board what I'd, I'd just said. And how were you feeling that night after you said it? Really emotional, really lonely, um, really sad. Um, 
and, I, and because I didn't really have anyone to to talk to, I guess uh, I had I was single at the time. So no, I had, sorry, I was with my partner. You'd met, and, yeah, I'd met my partner by then. Yeah, and um, what's your partner's name? John. Okay. Yeah, so I I I'd, 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 I'd spoken to John, but I didn't think. I, I can't quite remember. It was all such a blur. I think yeah. from from nine o'clock to ten o'clock, it was just a huge blur for me. Um, I kind of fell asleep, and it was the next morning that um, it, that I don't know. It just hit me like a boss. Like it really did. It, I was in bed. I was in tears, and I, it was a moment where I just thought the weight on my shoulder for the past. Uh, I don't know, 30 odd years had just been lifted. Um, my outlook, uh, my my go-to with kind of being emotional is is I used to write poems. Um, uh, I'm kind of no poet laureate or anything like that, but it's just, it enabled me to get out my emotions. So I wrote a poem that morning um, and... It, it, and I just I couldn't believe I'd done it. I, I, I generally didn't think I was going to be strong enough to do it. Um, but I, I, I'm a great believer in in talking, in speaking to others about your experiences because it does really matter. Uh, and I and I think that uh, that something shared you get a different perspective, um, a different outlook, and and sometimes different experiences that what works and what doesn't work. You know. So did you feel as though a weight was lifted from your mind and your heart? Yeah, huge. Um, just because the, it meant that I could then start to be who I wanted to be yeah. uh, and being transparent, open, honest about me as a, as a, a young gay man living um, with, with my partner. So you'd, you were carrying on running marathons. Um, and how did your family take to John? Um, and, and initially, again, a couple of things there that... Uh, that um, kind of being gay um was a big thing so I never introduced John uh, from the onset just because it wasn't a, it, they they needed to process who I was um and then I then I introduced John um that was kind of again a, a bit of a challenge just because it they were seeing me with a with a with a, a guy now as opposed to a woman what they always envisaged uh being six foot seven you're not really going to miss him um so um it was uh, it was a challenge, but something that they uh, that they really warmed to, and I'm so grateful that they that, that they've accepted me, and especially John. Uh, so it, it's been it's been it's been great uh, now. Um, it took them a good like probably six to nine months um, to really come to terms with it, which is which is fine because I would never take what I have today away from. Uh, Give me the nine months of hardship for what I have today because it's it's just amazing. It's so I mean I have such a loving family and everyone around me is so um, like supportive of everything that I do. So yeah, it's been great. So they love John and uh, they've accepted. So it's like they've got two sons, sort of oh, thing. Without a doubt, and, more, and to the extent where when when I go to uh, my parent, my mum's house. Unfortunately, I lost my dad. Um, when I go to my mum's house. Um, it's um, when because she can speak English to an extent, but when she's cooked food um, and, 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 and I say, John won't definitely like that. And she's like, well, give him a go. And I said, I can assure you he will not like that. And she says, well, I've made it for him. And, um, and I said, you can give it a go. And he in the background, John's saying to me, 
yeah, you just might as well let me taste it. And I was just like, oh, for God's sake. So, but yeah, so she treats him like a son. She makes food for him when we go and see her and stuff like that. So, yeah. That's, that's very moving to hear about that turnaround. But that wasn't the end of drama in your life, was it? No, um, not, not, uh, not at all. Um, unfortunately, my, my, my parents got, um, got held at gunpoint. Um, yeah, but what were the circumstances? I think you were in the middle of doing something before Yeah. That. So, oh God, yeah, I was um, I was boarding a flight to um, to LA um, to run a ma- to another run marathon. marathon, and I had a phone call from the airport when I was in the lounge for my sister, and she said, um, "Mum and Dad have just got um, robbed," and I was just like, "Okay, fine." But have they taken a packet of cigarettes or some wine or something? Which which didn't happen weekly or monthly; it would happen every now and again. But she's like, "No, that they've really been um, robbed." So, unfortunately. Um, um, the circumstances were that, that, that they took everything. They took my mum's wedding ring, my father's wedding ring, a necklace which my mum, my dad had bought my mum on the wedding day, the car, the safe, everything. Uh, and it was really, really dark period of my life. Um, but that, it, but so dark that my parents by now were supporting me in everything that I was doing, from being a gay man, from marathons to everything. But they said to me, you've got to get on that flight and you've got to do this marathon. That must have been a real real crisis for you what do you do yeah. do you board the board the flight for your marathon run or do you go to the people you love and in the in the hour of need but they told you to go they did um and because again i was still now i was training i was and because now they knew how much um passion and effort i had to put into marathons it was a case of you've got to go and when you come back we will help you with with we, we, we you can come and help us and everything. And my sister was at home anyway, so I, I boarded the flight, ran LA, got off the flight, and I straight went to, home to my parents. And my dad doesn't normally, um, um, we don't normally show much affection. Um, so, but my dad did 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 at this moment in time say to me, "You you've got to go and see, um, you've got to see your mum, got to give her a hug," which I would not normally do, but and, and I did. Um, and it was the start of them, me selling the shop for them and them retiring um, and, 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 and the corner shop that my dad had so passionately worked hard for uh, was coming to an end. But it was, it was a great, it was, I was so grateful for my parents for what they did for 30, I don't know, 35 years um, to, to what, they, what, they, what we have now. So before you uh, go to what, we have, what you have now, um, tell me about this last track for this hour. Um, this last track really means something to me, uh, and it's really specifically for for this one. It's for it's for John um, because um, for the past fourteen years, um, he's really supported me in everything I've done. Really supported my parents and, and my family um, in, in everything that we've 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 gone through, um, and as a result, it it, it really does mean the world to me and I, I think I was li- I was on a beach somewhere and I, and I just, just listening to songs and whatever and I didn't know about this artist and um, the song just played I was listening to the album and the song played and I just thought to myself god this is the song and so um, you're going to play it now and it's by J.P. Cooper um, The Only Reason For John Yeah In time against the golden skyline you spoke to me at last It started out intensely 
that song has a very special meaning for you and it's brought us to the point in your life where you actually felt you'd arrived you were happy in your love life and you're going to stay with us for the next hour and tell us all about the next chapter yes um i think for me that song does really resonate um because i lost my dad unfortunately in really terrible circumstances while he was on holiday uh and without john um what I've achieved or what, what he's helped me through over the past, or me and my family through over the past um, three to five years wouldn't have been possible. So that's, that's it's a huge like, little tribute for, for, for John. 
uh, and being in my life. And you live with him now. Now, in the next hour, Ajay, I want to hear all about your new night, your new settled life. And uh, you brought some medals in to show us. And I really want to do a deep dive into the marathons and see how you train. So stick with us, everybody. You're listening to The Big Question going to two hours this week for the first time and um, here on River Radio. And uh, we're closing this hour. We're not closing the show. And here with me in the studio, I've got Sam Seti, MD, producing me. So a little bit quiet this week. And um, the gorgeous Ajay Patel. Thank you very much. He is gorgeous, by the way. Windsor, Windsor. Ascot, Ascot, Maidenhead, Bracknell, Bracknell. Wokingham, Wokingham. Henley, Henley. Reading. Okay. The voice, River Radio of the Thames Valley. And here we are into part two of the big question for Rev Radio with Rani Singh and my special guest Ajay Patel and Sam Seti um, producing quietly in the background. Now, Ajay, in the first hour of this program in part one, you told us all about your very um, eventful childhood, how you were, how how you 